Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Beyond the Row, where we take a deeper look into Sunday morning sermons to spark what life beyond the row looks like for followers of Jesus. Well, good morning, evening, or afternoon to any of our listeners. Uh, We want to take a second to thank you guys for joining us on today's episode. So no matter how you're listening, we're so grateful that you're here. We're grateful that you, you know, clicked on our content and decided to, you know, give it a shot. Uh, We want you guys to know that this podcast is on multiple platforms, and if you could give us some sort of a like, a follow, a subscription, all of those things help the these mythical al- algorithms, right? That'll help the podcast get out to more and more folks. Um, and also, you know, if you like this content, you know, consider giving us some stars, write us a review. Um, you know, we read those and um, it would be great for us to just know what people think about this kind of stuff. It also help us pave the way for whatever future podcasts that Avenue Church might continue or start doing. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. A few announcements before we dive into the message from this past Sunday is um, this Sunday, uh, this will be August 27th, depending on when you're listening to it. I mean, the date doesn't change, I suppose, but uh, we're launching our small groups at church. Um, so, And it's also the first day of this 21-day fast. And I know that all the small group leaders, all of our A group leaders, they're going to have these sweet shirts, so you're going to be able to tell exactly who's who's got groups going on and who you want to talk to and get invested in. Nate's got a whole message that he's going to be casting vision with. Um, it's a new sermon series called I Love My Church. Um, it's a series that we've done before in the past, and it's always one that is just so good, so empowering, so enriching um, as we start like getting into the holiday season, if you can believe that, like already, and then moving into the next year. September 10th is also Avenue's uh, fifth birthday. Um, and it's going to be a really, really joyful, fun in the park. Uh, we're going to Marshall Park, and we're going to be outside for a 10 a.m. service. And um, it's going to be it's going to be a big birthday bash celebration. You're not going to want to miss it. And one of the coolest parts about that day is that we're going to have some live baptisms out there at the Marshall Park. Um, that's what we're hoping for, at least. You know, we've we've invited folks to do that. And um, if you're interested in getting baptized. Let somebody know. You can get on our app. You can email leaders of the church. Um, there's lots of ways to learn more about baptism. It's an awesome process, and yeah, hey, there's no better time to follow Jesus than today. Um, last thing that's on my announcement list here is September 17th. This is a shout-out to Abe and his students, his mighty band of uh, <laughs> middle school and high school both. Um, they're having a fall kickoff for students um, on September 17th, so definitely contact Abe. Um, with more information on that. Okay, that's my three-minute intro. Um, Let's talk about the man of the hour here tonight. I say tonight because we're actually filming late this week, so that's why the podcast got out a little bit. This is like the night shift, so welcome, Bill. Welcome to the night shift. Hey, man, thank you. Yeah, it's just me and him tonight. Um, You know, wild thing about schedules is everybody's got one, you know. Right, correct. uh, But tonight it worked out. Actually, CR is going on upstairs right now, Uh, so it's kind of cool. Building's getting used top and bottom. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Wednesdays are always uh, a good night. You Mm -hmm. know, we got... The guys and girls coming in for CR, it's always um, a blessing to be with the leaders there and get to spend some time with them, so it's always good. Yeah, if you've never been a part of one of our Celebrate Recovery services, definitely, greatly recommend um, come out on a Wednesday night. There's there's a meal Wednesdays at 6, and then we come together for a, a worship and church service, basically, at 7, yeah. you know, and uh, it's definitely open to everybody. It's not a just, oh, I don't have any hiccups or hang-ups, so it's not for me. No, that's not what this is. It is for the body of Christ. Correct. Yeah, it's good. Like tonight we had a guy that's never been in church before. 
Awesome. You know, so I got to talk with him just for a minute. And then, um, so that's always a good buffer, you mm-hmm. know, to, for CR to kind of grab a hold of those guys that's never been in mm-hmm. church, try to get him a little bit conditioned. Because it's not really um, any different than Avenue on Sunday. But, I mean, it is, but it isn't. So mm-hmm. it kind of primes them up for, yeah. you know, because Avenue in general is just different. I've never been in a church like Avenue, so. Yeah. And I'm not biased. I'm just saying that's the truth. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Um so the reason why Bill is with us is because this past Sunday, um, he gave us the message. Um, he gave us the sermon. And if you haven't listened to that yet, I would recommend pausing this um, and just going back to our app or our YouTube and, and hopping on there and finding last week's message. So that would have been August 20th. And um, it was Psalm Three. Yeah, make sure you <laughs> make sure you uh, watch the nine a.m. and not oh. the eleven. <laughs> oh, I don't know if they can choose. I I think it's already yeah, been. it's on there both. No, you can watch the eleven. I I misspoke, man, on this on the second one on um. So I like so I talked to Nate about it. I'm like, man, you know, I I jacked up the the second one, and uh, he was really really supportive. He was like, hey, when when we communicate, you know, you're always gonna have that. And a part of leadership is being able to express it and move on. So, like, um, initially I, I missed a slide on mm-hmm. Ephesians and about um, transforming your darkness into light. And so I had to skip ahead, and I kind of got jumbled up, which, you know, normally it's it's okay, you know. Um, but I told I was using, like, you know, Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So they get pushed into the furnace, and then they find Jesus in there, and they were bound. Mm-hmm. So that fire burned off their ropes mm-hmm. and actually freed them. And I always use that as the fire, like the circumstances that you have in your life, find Jesus in them, and th- those will literally, the stuff that needs to come out of your heart, will just fall away. Mm-hmm. Well, I said that Jesus said, come into the fire, and he didn't say that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Wow. And then, and then, like I, I misspoke on Jesus asking the disciples to pray, and the disciples asked Jesus to pray. So, and it, it was, it was like humbling for me. You know, I needed like an, an ego check, I guess, and um, I just had to do it in front of the whole church. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, it's funny. I've always been really afraid of messing up scripture, you know, mm. or like saying the wrong thing, or even like something theologically that. I've just like slipped out or fell out of my mouth the wrong way, right? Yeah. And somebody told me once, and I wish I could give them credit. I don't know who said this now. I really don't. But somebody said, no matter what you say from the pulpit, this Holy Spirit has the power to make your words, when they fall on someone's ears, become truth. You know, not changing history, but like mm. they'll interpret it the right way through because the Holy Spirit will, you know, yeah. intervene, sort of a thing. So yeah, but like Nate, he supported me a lot, so that was good. You know, because mm. it's I I probably beat myself up three or four days after that, mm. and because you know I always go back when I speak and make sure that it's good. You mm. know, it's sound as you know as much as I can, you know, yeah. conceive or so. But then, like I, I just felt like. You know, or what's, what is in me that's having such a problem with messing up? Because mm-hmm. it's, it wasn't like theological. It was just I mixed up words, and I yeah. knew that that was my pride in how people see me um, was affecting me because I didn't want them to think that I didn't know something. Because, you know, when you're, oh, yeah. when you're teaching, you know, you're the one that's supposed to know. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew it. I just – so I knew my pride had to die. Sure. You know, and it was humbling. And, yeah. it you know, so it was good. Like I needed it, and quite frankly, I wouldn't – change it if i could because i needed to go through it you know because yeah. <laughs> i like you can take yourself too seriously and i take myself super seriously up there when it's especially 
you know, preaching God's word or teaching it. So, but I, you know, it was good. It was good. It was good. I thought it was a great message. Yeah. I, I think overall it was good. It was like, for me, it was just like, I remember watching it and thinking, I'm just going to turn it off. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to sit here mm-hmm. and I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I'm yeah. just going to watch it all. When I do reviews of Sunday morning, um, depending on my mood when I get home from church, it's like some sometimes I listen to myself sing or speak or whatever. And then, you know, it's like, yeah, I could do this differently next time or whatever else. And I do get critical. Yeah, <laughs> And then sure. other times I'm just like, oh, I can't listen to this right now. <laughs> I need I need to wait a little bit, you know. Yeah, you know, but and I know that's like the process of growth. And even Nate said that you know he's had to learn a lot from going back and reading it. So mm-hmm. he's always, he's good, such so such a good person to learn from. So mm. you know, and um, that was good. So yeah, yeah. When it came to Psalm three, um, I didn't know this until we were setting up, and you told me. But you got to choose that psalm. I did. Yeah. So Nate said, pick a psalm and that you want to preach on and i've actually never that i can think of now i've never taught on that you know so on any psalm or just psalm three in the whole old testament oh wow yeah so my like i was out of my comfort zone but it was really good i loved it like it was really really neat to see so why'd you pick psalm three then so i was i was reading through it and i was going through all of them and um i think i just saw um it on youtube uh, like a, an overview of it by like Tim Mackey and I'm like wow mm-hmm. like that was really really cool so I studied it and then so uh, the the meat of that psalm is actually you know eight you know eight verses but like the backdrop is what was really neat too you know to to create a story not create a story but teach a story and build up David and his identity so you can see the significance of the of that psalm yeah. you know how many mm-hmm. of us have been in you know, an area of our life where we've had victory or we're coming out of stuff and we need to see like a great man work through something, even like God's discipline, like praying through that. Like that was really, really good for me to even study for myself, you know, to learn that God's discipline is there to help us not, you know, to... That he disciplines the ones he loves. He does. And and that that's what I got mostly out of that whole thing but it, it just popped and he was like use it and i actually kind of like lived it almost it's <laughs> good yeah. yeah i mean just reading through psalms 3 uh, lord how many are my foes how many rise up against me many are saying of me god will not deliver him but you lord are a shield around me my glory the one who lifts my head high i call out to the lord and he answers me from his holy mountain i lie down and sleep i wake up Again, because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. It's it's like, it's so cool. Yeah, it's, that's fire, ain't it? It's, it's, it's really good. You know, when, when, whenever I read the Psalms, um, David wrote so many of them, right? And um, it's funny because I think David has a style. When when he approaches God in in songs and worship and, and mm-hmm. writing of these psalms, right, um, and it's usually like pretty extreme. It's like extreme praise, extreme sorrow, mm-hmm. and then there's like strike my enemy on the jaw, <laughs> yeah. gnash their teeth, or like you know yeah. strike. I think it says break the teeth. Yeah, but it's um, like it's like one of those. These are things that growing up in church. Like, I would never pray for God to hurt somebody, 
but you gotta love David's raw emotion here, and God yeah. sees that, yeah. you know. And I don't think that God is like, okay, David, you shouldn't say that, you know. I think God is is said to David, anything you ask for, I will give to you. He actually you did just say have that. to ask for it, right? You know? When he when he fell with yeah. Bathsheba, um, I, I'm paraphrasing, but mm-hmm. he said, if I would, if you just would have asked. You know, I would have given it to yeah, you. Well, he was already a polygamist. He already had multiple wives right. and concubines and everything. It's like, you know, that's it a was, different conversation. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that what what got me to was the part about where he says, many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what do you do when, you know, you're a prominent leader or something of that nature and, like, you have an instance where, you know, you fell and then now you're calling and everything's in, in question, even as a dad, or it doesn't have to be, yeah. you know, any leadership role. Like, who are you? Like, you know, because we have different roles in our lives, right? We have mm-hmm. dad, uh, leader, whatever, you mm-hmm. know, and you can give yourself into that role so much so that you identify with it. Yep. And then when that is attacked, like, what do you do? And mm-hmm. that's why I liked reading this and seeing God literally peel back all of David's roles because he failed at all of them. And then he brought him back all the way to, you know, dependency on him. Mm -hmm. And that's when he starts like, you know, looking at heaven and getting his identity back in God. You know, Mm -hmm. he says, you're my glory. You know, that's so powerful, man. Like it's it's powerful. It is. And it's like the big turn for David too, you know, um, was when, when there was that war towards the Bathsheba moment, when all the kings were supposed to go, right. sort of a deal. You know, that's just kind of what it was. And his identity was a king. And other times he did go and he went mm-hmm. to battle and he was a warrior and he was courageous and brave. But then like, he, he didn't that time. Mm-hmm. He stayed back. He almost went away from his character. Like he had yeah. this character change or flaw or maybe just laziness. You know, when he's like, ah, man, those other guys can do it. I'm going to be fine here. And that's when sin came in. Yeah, yeah. He says when kings go out to battle and David was in his, you know, in his quarters or Mm -hmm. castle or whatever it was. And he was, I think it was, I can't remember who said that line that, you know, David was more protected on the battlefield than he Mm -hmm. was in his own home. Like that's, you know, fulfill your calling. That's right, yeah. God has a plan for your life, and um, once you figure out what that plan is, when you stray from it, God doesn't leave you on your own, but He will allow you to mess up. Yeah, and that's the you thing, know? and He'll bring you back, and you learn from yeah. it, you know. And then what was really cool, and I, di- I didn't say it in there, but that whole um, discipline process is the reason why, I mean, I believe, this is me believing it, that David could lay in bed at this at an older age mm-hmm. and lay with that young girl that was pretty and not sleep with her. You know, he had a girl that would sleep with him to keep him warm. Mm-hmm. You know, so there, that's like growth at the end of his life to me. You know, he's never recorded of doing anything with her. I just thought that was really neat. Like, I don't know if I heard that story, actually. Yeah, like they at the end of his life, they would hire a girl to come in and just lay with him because he was cold. Yeah. And he's never recorded doing anything with him. And I feel like that's like mm-hmm. he learned his lesson. <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> you don't go having like eight wives and yeah. committing adultery and all of that. And, you know, because he obviously had a problem with women. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, had, he, he definitely struggled with lust as, 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 uh, as most musicians do. I can say that. And then like the, another cool part was at the end of his life, I believe, is that he got to give Solomon some wisdom, mm-hmm. you know, before he died yeah. of all the stuff that, you know, David fell at, he got to 
you know, impart some wisdom to mm-hmm. his son, which made him, you know, the wisest. Or not, that didn't make him. The dream made him wise because he asked, you know, God asked him whatever you want, and he asked for wisdom. Yep. But is, is that fatherly advice before he, you know, left the world, yeah. I would say positioned Solomon for what he did great, you know. Yeah. You know, so when we think about... Um, you know, when we think about the story of David, and, and you recapped some of his early life, too, mm-hmm. from him being, you know, the young shepherd boy, and then, you know, being a son of Jesse, the seven older boys went through this this interview process with Samuel, and Samuel's like, nope, God said none of these, and yeah. then, he, then he finally came through, and, well, I got, I got one more son, he's out in the field, you know. Um, I, I teased you about this coming, walking down the stairs, coming in here, because that was the same scripture I used in my, in my <laughs> yeah. sermon, but I'll let it slide because it's the same Bible. So, you know. right, right. <laughs> no, it, it's a great story. I, I love the story of David. Um, I absolutely love the story of David. Um, do you feel, um, do you feel like you have any similarities with David? Oh, for sure. So my, my life prior, um, was, was lust with, was with women, you know? Um, and that's something that, so initially when I gave my life to Jesus, uh, drugs came out quick. Mm -hmm. Like it was, I think it was like eight months. I turned around and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I've walked with drugs and alcohol and addiction for a good part of my life, 17 years. I'm like, it's not there anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, but one thing that, one thing that took two, two to three years to, to get out was lust Mm -hmm. for women, you know? And, um, is that a lot of prayer? Yeah, it was a lot of it was a lot of prayer and submission and um like now it's more you know um not flirting. Mm-hmm. You know, now that's what he's working on me like right now just to be transparent, like not to like not saying that you know like a, what you would what I would normally do, but it was just like being, you know, flirtatious when you don't need to be. Sure. And he's checking my heart on it. That's what I'm dealing with now. But so it went from like crazy you know stuff to like you know just being multiple partners before i was in in jesus Mm -hmm. and now it's like you know keep your mind focused Mm -hmm. on me you know and then let's move forward you know so there's freedom in it and that's like a big part of like my freedom compassion part is Mm because i know a lot of men suffer from that yeah and Mm -hmm. there is freedom in it you know so what would you say to someone suffering right now with particularly lost adulteries things like that yeah so um for me it would be that god gave us the desire Mm -hmm. you know in our hearts to be with a woman but how you fulfill it is what makes it sin you know Mm -hmm. so normally like a lot of men that i see or talk to or even me thinks that temptation is sin and it's not and i think that a lot of men walk around in temptation and have stopped and think that they've sinned and then the devil jumps on their back and condemns them and then they walk around thinking that they failed and they actually haven't they're actually not sinning which would be like for me it would be like make sure that that you get in with someone that can help you process through what's the difference yeah and then because most of the people that are coming out of it they don't act in it like that actively engage in like you know, an act. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think that that would help. And prayer too, like prayer and and reading the Bible and then folks. So like, you know, Jesus always says, those that love me, obey me, right. you know, and I'm getting ready to teach on this on CR, but it hit me today like that. When you have, when you have a relationship with Jesus and he fulfills your heart, you're full. 
So on top of that, so when you go to try to fulfill a desire of sin, you know, and you and you've adopted Jesus in your life or asked him in your life, he fulfills that to where mm-hmm. you won't need to do that. That desires it's like the same equivalent to if if I like let's say cake is a sin and I fill up on steak which is the word of God and Jesus's presence if I get so full and I look at cake it looks awesome but I'm not I don't have any space for it mm. so if I like switch my focus to him and eat steak then you know my body is a lot more conditioned to like say no like mm. it looks good I mean it looks like it would be great but I'm full so it's kind of like a process of that's how I how I see obedience. Obedience is a relationship in Jesus that He fulfills the desires of your heart, so yeah. you don't have to act in sin. Because I feel like a lot of people think, "Oh, you know, follow these set of rules. You know, do this, 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 this." And it's not that. It's not that. Like it, you have to spend. I mean, it is that on the outside. So, like if um, if someone is like for me, for instance, like whenever I had a problem with alcohol and drugs, whenever I turned to Jesus, he fulfilled that. So before I was a Christian, I would see a, a joint or, you know, any type of drugs and it would look like a steak. Mm. Well, then when I gave my life to Jesus and I and I got, you know, secure in him and then I got back into like the prison atmosphere where there was a lot of drugs and I saw drugs again and it looked like, you know, a piece of like a turd. Like, you don't have to make me not eat yeah. poop. I'm just not going to eat it. I know that's probably a bad analogy. No, I mean... But when I see it, and I've, I've, I know, like, that's a counterfeit for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So I think it's like a whole combination of it. Learning what temptation is and what sin is. Yeah. And then having someone help you get into the tools to develop a relationship so you can get that fulfillment in your heart mm-hmm. and then you can walk out of it to where you don't have to white knuckle it. Yeah. You know, so I know that's a long drawn out answer. Sure. No, I mean, that's cool. I'm glad we went there. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. have too much to do with Psalm 3, but that's okay. Well, yeah. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, it has a lot kind of like what to do with David because he sure, yeah. was had an issue with that, I would say. Um, a lot of times when I think about um, David... I really try and get in his mindset, mm-hmm. try and feel what he's feeling. And when he wrote Psalm 3, we know that he was fleeing from his son. Right, correct. Okay. Yes. Uh, Absalom. And um, that in itself, if you don't have children, maybe you can just kind of read that and be like, okay, he's fleeing from his son, you know. Try and think of it like this. You know, imagine if, if a parent was fleeing from you, you know, how would your parent feel sort of a thing? Because that's a weird thing, mm. you know? It's like, I think the reverse would be more common, a, a child fleeing from their parent, you know? Mm. But, like, to a parent to be fleeing from their child, that's mm. an interesting thing for me, okay? And you notice that David's not fighting back, you know, I don't, I don't right. see in this that he tried to kill Absalom, you know, but it was the other way around. Absalom tried to kill him, mm-hmm. right? And so in thinking all of that, you know, then read this. And I don't know. I mean, do you think of it a different way with that mindset? Maybe I'm overthinking it. I, I, like I how it would be to. if you were running yeah. from a you, kid? You, you have a son. I do. He's 13. Yeah. Imagine your son was, was out to get you. And you had to hide from your son. Man. You know what I mean? You still love your son. Sure, you would always love him. And it says David was grieved whenever he died. He died on the battlefield by mm-hmm. one of his generals. I'm you sure, know. I think. You know? And uh, I think it was like a javelin, like three of them or something not that pierced sure. him. But I'm not, don't quote me on that. But I, I think it would be difficult. 
Because I think, like, in David's mind, like, he knew that he screwed up in mm-hmm. God's discipline, God's word said. There was also, um, they t- he told David that since you sinned in private with someone else's wife, I'm going to shame your wives in public. Mm-hmm. And it was done by Absalom on the top of the roof. <laughs> so he knew, like, they, and he, when he fleed, like, he knew, and he said, your house, will, the sword will never depart from your house. So yeah. he knew, like, this is like, I don't think he fought because he was fighting against mm-hmm. God's discipline, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's just what I you know, as I reflect on it, it would be hard. I think there was another time, like, where David was walking somewhere and somebody was throwing rocks, and he told the people that he was with not to tell to tell him not to stop because you don't know if God's telling him to do that or not. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so he was, like, it was, like, submissive, you know, because he was a warrior, and there were times where that's actually kind of cool to reflect on and meditate on, but now that I quite think about it. Yeah, I mean, think about how many things that we... That, that maybe we pray for throughout our, our week or something. And, you know, we don't take into account, well, what if the things that you're asking to stop, hmm. what if that's God's movement in somebody else's life that they're supposed to do? That's good. Or what if you're praying off a circumstance that God put on you to teach you yeah. or to propel you into your destiny? Or, or what if you're getting disciplined and you're just like, God, man, my life is rough right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, can you just can you just take these things out of my life? And what you're asking for is, God, can you not discipline me? Yeah, but, right. You know, that's almost saying like you're not accepting of God's. If you're not accepting of God's wrath, you're not accepting of God's love. You know. Yeah, that was another good one. God's wrath and that message. Yeah, God's wrath is a is a year's worth of sermons alone. Yeah. Um, a lot of people still struggle with the idea of wrath, you know, because like, how could a loving God fill in the blank? You know, yeah. but it's because He loves. Right. You know, I yeah. I I think the idea of wrath is a mature concept for someone. Sure. You know, um, spiritually mature. You know, I'm not talking about just like if you're old, then you get it. I'm talking like if you've been a Christian for a long time, if you've walked with the Lord, if you're not on that spiritual milk like anymore, mm-hmm. you know, you're under, you're ready to understand deeper things like wrath. Yes, yeah. And I think like, so God's love, I think, would make him hate, hate things. Like there's things that God hates, and that's one of them, sin. For one, it kills you. Like it hurts his children. Mm-hmm. Like, so you would, as a father, if someone hurt my child or was angry towards my child, um, that would, I would have severe anger for that person, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that, like, we have to look at it kind of through that lens, you know? So, yeah. And I like that analogy from the the judge, you know, if we knew somebody that we loved dearly and we went into the court and, or they, and that per like somebody that we loved died and we saw it and we knew the guy that killed him. Mm-hmm. And then the judge just let him go and said, I'm loving and merciful and just let him walked out. We would call that judge perverted. I think Paul Washer, I think I learned that from Paul Washer. He said that he was like, and I was like, yeah. that changed my whole view on it. Mm-hmm. And like, cause we would call him perverted. Mm-hmm. You know, we would say, Hey, you know, um, like that's not justice. Right. So when we hear talk about God's wrath, then why do we say that His wrath isn't love? Mm-hmm. When we would talk to a human judge and say that if He didn't put the right punishment in, yeah. we would think He was perverted. One of the qualities of God is that He's just. Yeah. You know? Right. And that's not a quality that can that God can't have. I mean, that it, it 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 is Him, and it's and it's funny though, because as people, we come up with our own idea of what justice is. Sure. You know, and that depends 
hugely on our circumstance. You know, yeah. it makes me think of that scene. Um, did you ever watch The Chosen? Did you watch that? Series? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, for okay. sure. Well, then you probably know it's in it's in season one. Um, it's when Jesus was talking to the group of kids, and he was talking about God being a just God. And mm. I forget what the analogy or the metaphor. I guess it would be a parable. I forget the parable that he he spoke in The Chosen, but it was something along the lines of if somebody wronged you, wouldn't you want to see justice played out? And all the kids mm. were like, "Well, yeah, of course that we would." And he goes, "Well." God wants that justice too, you know, but it's not in our hands to make justice happen. We, we surrender it to God. Sure. And we have faith that he, being the capital J judge, yeah. will handle it, will take care of it. Right, yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, you also had another um, psalm that you talked about. You, you actually had a lot of scripture. Um, psalm 139. That's, right, right there uh, at the end. That's a really, really good verse. Really, man. really good one. Um, I was happy that I was smiling. In fact, <laughs> me and my wife sat in the front row for the 11 o'clock service. I missed the 9 o'clock. When you brought up Psalm 139, I tapped my wife on the shoulder. I was like, hey, I know this one. <laughs> like, I know this one really well, you know. Um, and she kind of smiled. And the section, because you didn't go over the entire psalm, but the Mm-mm. section that you went over, do you have it pulled up? Yeah, it's verse 9 and 10. Yeah, yeah. I think. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I yes. go up to the heavens, you are there. Mm-hmm. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. And if I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. whenever I think about, like, you know, where can I flee from your presence? It's like David's telling us, you know, even when the Holy Spirit didn't reside in him but on him, it was always with him. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just, that was so powerful to me. And just to reflect on that, like I would love for people to just to go away and say this verse over and over again and just get a full reflection on it and have have the speaker just, or the scripture just wash over you. It's mm-hmm. like if I go up to the heavens, you know, you are there, all the mountaintop experiences. And normally that's mm-hmm. what we like. You know, and like you said, that's where the spiritual milk is. But mm-hmm. the meat of it, I believe, is when you find out that even when I fail, even in my depth of my sin, if I go up to, or if I make my bed in the depths, mm-hmm. you know, you are there. I always took that as, you know, yeah. even if I like fail, you know, if I'm in the depths and I'm in the gutter, you know, that God is still there, you know, and that's just, that was hit home, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and it, he'll never leave you. You know, and he'll never forsake you. Yeah. That's a concept that, to be honest, I still struggle with once in a while because it's easy for me, like, say I've been great for months, you know, and then one little tiny thing slips in or whatever, or like I, I succumb to some sort of a temptation or maybe I get really cynical towards someone or treat them fairly or like my pride gets in the way. Something. Yeah. Okay. And I will beat myself up about it a lot, you know, and I need to constantly remind myself this, like, listen, I gave my life to Christ. I have faith, and I know who he's made me to be. One wrong thing does not change his creation, you know what I mean? Right. But it's like you got to you gotta say that sometimes out loud. For sure. And honestly, you need people in your life that will remind you of that. Yes, you do. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. Every once in a while, you need someone to be like, hey, you know that you're good, right? Right. You know? Yeah. And you also need the other end, telling, people telling you 
where you failed. Mm. You need yeah. that good balance. But normally, like, like I'm on that side, too, because if I, like, mess up or if I slip on something, you know, um, it's very, it's hard, you know. It's hard to get through. For one, like, you go through your mind, like, okay, like, I have to tell myself this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the first time, BJ, that you're actually doing this. Mm. You know, like, you've never been here before. You know, and I have to like in my um, one of my spiritual advisors, I would say, like one of the people that speak in my life, tell me that, like, have you ever done this before? You know, have you? And I'm like, no, I haven't. And they're like, well, give yourself a break. Yeah. You know, it's like, come on, you know, because <laughs> I feel like I've had a lot of stuff happen. I've had a lot of growth in a short amount of time, mm-hmm. and then when I when I fail or if I don't line up, it's kind of like I feel like I feel God sometimes Mm -hmm. and that's not it you know i have to learn like david did dependency again sometimes you know i think for me when i fail i um i think to myself man i'm 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 a hypocrite or like uh or like oh oh i've been faking it this whole time you know Mm. like um i don't want to give the the enemy any credit but he definitely knows how to get to me you know what i mean yeah but once I became aware of that, then now I can use that against him sort of a thing, you know, and it's reli- more reliance on God. And I like that because I like with you personally, we're going to get personal for a second. Okay. Um, personal in a very public podcast. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say anything that's <laughs> revealing, but I know with you personally, you're not a hypocrite because you're transparent. A hypocrite somebody that I believe that tries to act a certain way and then cover stuff up to try to put uh, to act on like a persona mm. or to try to keep up an image, you don't do that. Mm. Like you're always open. And I think that is, I think, because Nate does a good job with it too, and she's got people at CR do it well, is that, you know, we, we preach truth and we preach love and we preach justice and we preach all that stuff and we preach, we preach everything that the Bible says and we try to at least, right? Try but to, when we yeah, fail, really. you know, we open ourselves up to that and we own up to it and that keeps us relevant that keeps us honest that keeps us in right relationship you know and i think that like nate does a really really good job on leading the way because he does it like he does it really well you know mm-hmm. and it's i think that's the authenticness of of avenue and the foundation that the elders and nate and liz and you know all the pastors that and the leader or ministry leaders they've they've set that precedence you know mm-hmm. so and i think that's that's how you keep from being a hypocrite, you know, because <laughs> we're always going to have, in some form or fashion, we're always going to have something we need to work on, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that we close our mouth, Yeah. you know, so that's just something that... Yeah, well, that goes back to the psalm, uh, really. I mean, if you look at, uh, if you look at um, towards the mid of Psalm 139, um, verse 13, for you created my inmost being. Mm. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. That's awesome. You know, it's like there's no sense in hiding. No. Because it doesn't make any sense. It's it, it it would be like playing hide and seek with your kids, but they never close their eyes, and there's nothing in the room to hide behind. You just stand <laughs> in the corner and I just stare that. at them. It's like you that. cannot hide. 
Yeah. You know? And that's what, like, I keep using Nate as an example, or even you. The more, the more, and even me, for that matter, at CR, the more and more you're in the spotlight in front of people, and the more that you're supposed to know, and the more that you, you know, live out your life, that more and more the ego has the ability to come up and mm-hmm. for you to hide stuff because yeah. you don't want people to see you fail. Mm-hmm. But I really truly think that if we can teach people how to walk through failure, if we're open, you know, because you cast a bigger shadow when you're in the bigger spotlight, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, and that's what's so neat to see everybody here, it, like not have that issue. You know, it hurts. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like, ah, uh, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. but we always got to submit to that. And that's, that's, that's pretty cool. And I've seen you do that. So that's neat. Mm. And that, that wonderful writing about knitting you in your mother's womb, like yeah. that's so intimate, man. Yeah. Like is. that is deep stuff. Like you, my frame wasn't hidden from you, you yeah. know, like that's an intimacy that I know that we're going to be unraveling for eternity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it goes to show, too, why God celebrates life so much. Yeah. Yeah. Even like he went out of his way and created and and knitted together people that would blaspheme him their entire life. He still did it with all the love in the world for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? He still created people that he knew were going to make choices in their life that wouldn't send them to heaven, you know, yeah. or maybe just dishonor him completely, right. you know, maybe even bring others down with them, you know. I think, cre- that's why, I think that's why Jesus has scars in heaven yeah. from that sin, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like that's why he, you know, he's the only one that's going to have scars in heaven. That's a song. <laughs> have you heard that song? I, I think I have. Yeah. It, I have, I've have heard that song. The only scars in heaven. Ball your eyes out, man. Uh, I, is that Casting Crowns? Oh. You know what? I oh don't know. Gosh. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to listen to that if on the way home. If you know the answer to that, you, you, you can write that to us on the podcast and let us know. <laughs> Educate us. Right. I yeah. think I have heard that song. Like that, that song's... You did have the right melody, I think, or the right tune Maybe. or I whatever. Don't I don't know. Melodies stick with me. Sometimes lyrics don't, but... Comes with the territory, I suppose. Sure. Well, was there anything, um, you know, you did mention early, early on in this podcast that, that, that you were a little bit, um, that maybe you had a few things backwards at the 11 o'clock service. Yeah. I, think, I think you corrected those, but this is a good opportunity. Is there anything that you wanted to say about your message for folks? Uh, the one, just, you know, sorry for fumbling my words and misspeaking. And... Um, you know, I'm working on it, so yeah. it's, it's not something that I normally do. It needed to happen, and yeah, that's it. Being open, and mm-hmm. you know, that's pretty much it. I, I hope, I hope though, people got the intimacy part with Jesus. I hope that the first part of that was was hitting home. The be still and know that I'm God, and using that no word as intimacy um, with Jesus. And I really, really pray and hope that people can get more intimate with, with Christ. That's where all transformation happens. That's where all healing happens. And that's what I want people to know. And that's why David was a man after God's own heart, because he was an intimate worshiper of the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, he was very, very passionate about the love of the father. And I feel like that's what we need to learn or you know glean from david's life is mm-hmm. that yeah because even in the midst of our failure even in the midst of our pain if we go to him you know he'll be with us yeah so it's like come all to me or come right. to you all who are heavy 
heavy laden and yeah. I will give you rest, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's also a good reminder too that your sin won't be the thing that defines you. Right. You know, like David, um he was he was said to have a heart after God's own heart um early on in his life. Mm. And he still kept that title even after all the mess. He did. You know, the title wasn't washed away from him. You nope. know, the title wasn't taken from him when he fell. Right. You know. And I think that's that's good. I think a lot of people need to hear that. I think we should end it here because the nature of this talk, I think we're going to get into more rabbit trails the further that we go. Um, but, uh, hey, man, I always enjoy it when you speak. Thanks. I always, I always enjoy these conversations. I'm looking forward to more of them in the future. Cool. Um, for all of our listeners, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Um, maybe you guys have some some head-scratching things to think about now. Or, you know, if there was things that confused you or whatever, write to us. You can always write to me, nick at churchintheav.com, or, or you can hang out with me and BJ on a Sunday morning and just For you know, sure. say, hey, I listened to the podcast, and I was thinking whatever. Yeah. You know, we would always be open for something like that, you know. So anyway, we want to thank you guys for going beyond the road with us next week. Next week, remember, that is our um, big launching of our small group Sunday. It's also where our 21-day fast is going to start is this Sunday, and uh, this is the new sermon series, I Love My Church. Um, Nate is going to be casting a bunch of vision. Um, It's an exciting time. Um, If you've been one of the folks that have kind of been, you know, being low-key a little bit this summer and doing some traveling or things like that, this is a great time to get back. You know, it's a great time to get back in it. In, in it and um, back into the church and you know whatever that that looks like for you guys so nine o'clock and eleven o'clock here in Mansfield uh, we we love you guys and thank you for going beyond the row.